Lee Murray's in Las Vegas. Lee's taking some PTO. He's got to get those. Uh, <laughs> after in the new year, we, we he had some leftover from 2021, and Adam, you were nice enough to to give yeah. him a little grace period uh, and use some of that 2021 PTO. Hey, March Madness in Vegas, baby. Yeah, yeah it's tough to be. Fortunately, Taylor's lost. Womp womp. Yeah, you that was tough, man. Oh well. That was tough. I I had them winning. Yeah. That uh, if that gives you any. Uh, I don't. I mean, to clarify, you had them winning the game. I had them winning the whole shebang. Hey, well, <laughs> they've uh, they've surprised us before, so. Indeed, I think they have like one of the best um, tournament records, like of all time. Yeah, they they most definitely they, do, and they, they, and they got pretty far. Yeah. Last year, and they got Valentine's their coach. Man, I didn't know Valentine was the mm-hmm. coach. I remember going to an Oakland University game about three or four years ago, and I was like, oh, that's Denzel Valentine's brother yep. is the assistant coach. So, seen him a couple times around the Loyola's campus for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. The team and journey, then now, now off to bigger and better things in the A10. Yep. Just wanted to hop on and, and, and talk uh, today. Obviously, huge news that Deshaun Watson uh, will be a Cleveland Brown. Uh, Man, it's been it's been a year and a half of of debate, basically. Um, probably a little less than a year and a half, but over a year of, of debate since he requested a trade from the Texans. Seemed like last offseason he was going to be dealt. Then all of a sudden there's uh, allegations of of sexual assault, and he's you know getting paid ten million dollars to to sit on the bench in in Houston. Goes through, you know, into this offseason. He's not indicted on any criminal charges. The civil charges still remain. Um, you know, I don't know how, you know, it's, we're a football podcast. Not sure how much we need to go into the, the legal side of things. It's going to play out how it's going to play out. Deshaun Watson's going to play quarterback in the NFL. Um, likely will be suspended, I'd assume. Be suspended, yeah. I mean, he, the idea that he probably didn't do anything wrong seems far-fetched to me. I'll just I'll, – I'll put it that way. Um, and I think even the, the Browns and Deshaun Watson almost are acknowledging that in the way that they structured the contract, right? Because he's got like $1 million of base salary in 2022, which to me signals at least – at least they're anticipating he probably is going to be suspended – Right. I mean, yeah, if totally. that money comes for comes from there. So they're, they're at least preparing for the possibility that, that that's the case. Um, Deshaun Watson's contract also, is it fully guaranteed? It I mean, is. I mean, it's $253 million or whatever it is fully guaranteed. I believe. I think it's two thirty. Two thirty. Something. And, um, yeah, most guaranteed money ever uh, in an NFL contract, which uh, is, you know, also kind of crazy when, when you just think about the circumstances around it as well. Cleveland clearly kind of playing the long game to me with this one. Um, you know, Deshaun's a young player. Um, even if he's suspended for 
say, you know, he could be suspended for the full season. I don't know if that's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Um, anyway, we can, we can talk about the football side of things. I mean, the Browns, obviously, Tommy, were, were a team that you were extremely high on going into last season. Baker, I think, you know, Lee and I didn't hate the Browns, but we weren't necessarily on board with you. And I feel like Baker was almost that sticking point with, with the two of us in terms of not fully getting on the Browns train. Just kind of seeing some of his, his limitations, even coming off of, of a good season that he had in, in 2020. Last year, things kind of fell apart for him. Obviously, there was the shoulder injury, but there was also off-the-field problems with him. It's kind of been a consistent drumbeat throughout his entire Brown's career is that he's just, you know, a little bit of a diva, I guess, or just a different kind of guy. Obviously, you know, he, he got booed last year during the Lions game, runs off the field, doesn't do the press conference. You know, just, just a lot of things like that just have, have permeated from the college baker to the NFL. He's going to be looking for a new home, um, but clearly an upgrade, right? Yeah, clearly an upgrade. And another thing that we didn't mention is the fact that the Browns didn't give up any roster pieces. Um, just purely draft picks, I believe, three firsts, a third, and a fifth, which um, – They might be able to recoup a third. Yeah. Are you saying for, because of Baker? Yeah. Yeah, and they still own, uh, I think I saw, four top 125 picks in this draft this year. So, um, and this is a team that I was really high on the draft last year. Obviously, I'm very high on Andrew Barry. I think they're a team that can really take advantage of, of those draft selections. Um, I mean, yeah, overall, you know, I still believe in this roster. I still believe in Kevin Stefanski and now getting Deshaun Watson. Um, I was able to to place a, a little a little lunch money on the uh, the Browns to win the division at plus three fifty before the, it went off, which was purely I'm not I'm not you know ready to say oh they 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 should win the division but that was purely a numbers move just because I know that number is going to get shorter, um, and overall I think you know this is huge this is huge for Cleveland, uh, huge for their franchise and you know on in terms of the football aspect of it I mean I think Deshaun Watson is fully worth the contract that he is getting. He was a perennial, at very worst, top seven quarterback going in from last year. And in 2020, I guess it was, he you know, came off the best year of his career. The last time we saw him play football was the best year of his career. Houston obviously struggled going 4-12. and 12, uh, But Watson had the best year of his career. And I think, you know, they have Amari Cooper. They have some pieces in there. Obviously, the receiver room needs to get tightened up a little bit. But still, this is a really strong offensive line uh, and a really strong defense and a coach that I still think is – you know, in a, in a league where it's kind of – once you get past those five to seven elite guys, you know, I think Kevin Stavansky's name belongs potentially in the top seven, but surely in the top, you know, in that seven to 12 range. Um, and I think, you know, this is a big year for him and that and the franchise as a whole to prove it. So, ultimately, a great move for Cleveland, a great move for the future of, uh, of their franchise. And I expect them to be right in the mix of things in a very competitive AFC this year. Yeah, I think um... – I mean, the trade's a huge risk for, for the level of the player that, that Deshaun is. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's coming off the best year of his career, but that still didn't mean that the Texans necessarily won games, right? Obviously, it's, it's big. Yeah. One. The, the quarterback piece is the most important piece of the puzzle, but it, it's a team game. They can only play on, on offense. You know, there's, there's more to it than that. You know, if this team starts – I mean, the, the, the thing, I think, with the whole Deshaun Watson situation – no matter what really the, the rhetoric is from inside the team, if they start losing games, I think it's going to be ugly. 
in terms of in terms of the, the pressure, right? Uh, it just from yeah. the media and the out, you know, people on the outside being like, "Hey, you gave up all of this capital, you gave all of this money to a guy with all of these off the field problems, and you're not winning games, right?" But yeah. it works out, and the Browns are winning the division, winning the playoff games, making it to the AFC Championship games. Uh, you're you're not going to hear much. It is kind of <laughs> you know, yeah. Winning winning kind of solves everything. And I would say I think, I think that, I mean, this this could be too early for me to say, and and I haven't really thought about it too much. But I'll say it because it's the Back Judge podcast. I mean, yes, sir. Is is there going to be more pressure on a on any team in the NFL to win more than the Browns? Yeah. I mean, I think – Without considering a potential suspension, right? But. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, I think they definitely are in the top three. I think, I think the Bills uh, – but you're talking about just regular season performance and just – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. Um, you know, I mean, I could, I could bring up the Bills. I can bring up, you know, the Chargers. But ultimately, all of those teams uh, – I guess, you know, the Niners, if they move on from Jimmy G with Lance. I, but mm-hmm. – Again, ultimately, I'm, I'm just bringing up these teams as teams that you can kind of have a discussion about, but I think you're right. It is the Browns. Um, Especially, like, considering, you know, teams like the – like you were saying, like the Chargers, where their, their trajectory seems to be up, whereas with the Browns, they won real early. And, and you know, for, for the first year of Barry and Stefanski, you win a playoff game. Kind of in a COVID year, right? Mm-hmm. come back first year post COVID big expectations kind of a big flop and now you probably are bringing in the most controversial player in the NFL for for you know for better or for worse and and the pressure is really on so in, yeah. terms, in terms of that division Tommy where do you where do you see the Browns I mean you got the defending they're the best team in the division on paper they're the best team in the yeah. divisions I think the Ravens probably deserve to be I, – I'm probably going to most likely be fading the Bengals. I think the Ravens probably yeah. have the best coach and the best program in, in the division. Continue to be and a judge, uh, you know, disrespecting the Bengals just beyond, you know, the, the, the offseason of, of 2021. Well, they're going to be uh, – the Browns are going to have a fourth-place schedule this year. Um, I think that, you know, is worth something. And I know – you know, even through the disappointments of last year, like I saw flashes with that team. They, they tease me off and on again. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, going off, going off all the priors with Deshaun Watson, I have to say he's the best quarterback in the division right now. I think it's close to them in Burrow. But and, – and I'm not, you know, obviously not playing football for a year. I, you know, I don't know how much that matters with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Maybe that's ignorant of me to say, but – I'm not really like factoring that in. This guy had been playing at a very high level in the NFL from the moment that he stepped on the field for the Texans. Um, and then just that Browns roster, man. The fact that he didn't have to give up Greg, Greg Newsome, JOK, anybody on a rookie contract, any of the, the players that they were able to, you know, Jedrick Wills, any of the guys that they spent high draft capital on who have, you know, turned out to be pretty good players is pretty shocking. So this, this roster stays intact and, you know, you're moving on from Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, I mean, this, this team deserves to be in the conversation. I don't know. What do you say, Adam? Like, who do you, do you think it should be the Ravens or? I mean, I think honestly, you know, we're, we're, 
we're probably having this conversation too soon, right? Yeah. Because if it comes out that Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended for like four games, then it's like, all right, like I think the Browns could still win the division. But then if it comes out he's suspended for eight or 12 games or heck, you know, who knows, maybe he's even suspended for a full season, which would be crazy. Then he'd be you know, two years removed from, from playing football. Um, you know, it, it, it's all relative, I, I guess, to what the NFL decides, because as deflate gate, I mean, they, they gave Brady four games for deflating footballs. Yeah. If, if, if their findings come and, and they believe that he violated the player conduct policy and did in fact do some of them, they believe he did the things that he's accused of doing. I don't know if a full, I don't know necessarily if a full year suspension is outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I would venture to guess it's probably going to be more like a half year suspension, but honestly, I don't, I don't think a full year suspension is outside the realm of possibility considering what other players have gotten for, for much, I guess, less if, if he's found guilty in the eyes of the NFL. And then also just the, I think there is potential for if the media, obviously today things are, hot with people saying this, that, or the other about Deshaun Watson, about this is a black guy in the league, you know, that sort of thing. And it's, it's obviously going to come out in the wake of the news, but come Monday morning, if you know, the heat is still kind of on or depending on what the Browns say, I could see the, the NFL maybe ramping up a potential suspension based on how they feel the entire situation is impacting the view of the NFL. Cause I think, at the end of the day, man, the shield is about protecting the shield. And, and, and yeah. they're going to do what's best so that they can still have their little, you know, women's promotional things. You Virtue know, signaling. Yeah. And, and all that while also understanding that people want to see the best, you know, players play. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the precedent is murky. I think, you know, Roethlisberger yeah. got six games for – you know, his, his, uh, rigmarole back in, you know, and also, I mean, the, the climate wasn't like it is now back then. No, it's you not. But the number of women working in NFL teams, working on NFL teams that you did then, and you didn't have the NFL trying to have initiatives to, to get women, you know, involved in, in the game. Yeah. Ultimately it's, it's unfortunate that the NFL has to, you know, play the role of like justice, uh, in this situation. Yeah. Because, like, is it, is it really their job as a private, you know? If, if he's guilty of what he's saying, then 100%, you know, you can make an argument he shouldn't be playing football ever again, yeah. you know? So, I don't it, – it gets into this very kind of murky, you know, it's, it's not going to be enough ever for, two, for some people, and it's going to be too much for other people. So, uh, ultimately, I, I would be sure – I would just do what they believe is, is fair, but I feel like that's not what's going to happen. And I, and I have a hard time believing that – you know, why would the Browns make this trade if there's, like, a chance that he's suspended for a year? Why would any of these teams make that trade? Yep. So that leads me to believe that yep. the, chances of him getting, the chances of him getting an over a six-game suspension are slim just because 
and you can look at his base salary for this year. And I think that just means that he's likely to be suspended, you know? Uh, and I think it's likely that he's suspended for, you know, three to six games, probably if I had to bet, you know, maybe four, who knows, who knows the precedent's murky. Like we both were saying, like, I don't really know where to go. Um, but yeah, in terms of football, I think it's great for the Browns. It's, I mean, the AFC is, is a murderer's row, man. I mean, picking seven teams that are going to make the playoffs from, from this conference. Yeah. We also didn't, we also didn't mention. I was thinking about this too. You have the established quarterbacks in the AFC and the up and coming ones. For people like you, and and it's not even just you. It's a lot, a lot of people who still believe in Zach Wilson. People like me, and and also you who believe in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, if those two guys pan out, man. Yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> man. Unbelievable. It's. Uh, I mean, but yeah. It's hard to believe that. I mean, yeah, if they pan out, it's I, I that just like blew my you know it's blowing my mind thinking of if you have legit quarterbacks in Jacksonville and uh, New York. Um, and I also we didn't even touch on Devontae Adams, man. Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders. Um, all of a sudden, you know, the AFC West just getting ever you know stronger. That came out of left field to me. Um, it, it seems in, in the wake of that trade that it's come to the understanding that Devontae wasn't happy in, in Green Bay um, and that even yep. Rodgers knew that. And it was a foregone conclusion within the organization that Devontae wasn't going to be back, that, you know, Rodgers knew that, that Devontae wasn't going to be back. I'm surprised the Packers didn't get more, in a sense. Mm. Like, you get a playoff pick in the first and second rounds. And I understand that part of it is the Raiders just gave Devontae Adams record money for, for a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's the best receiver in the game. He's 29 years old. Yeah. And, I mean, what should – should they be getting two first-round picks for him? I don't know. I don't know if you can do that for a receiver. I don't think you can. What did o Odell at the top – you know, when Odell got traded from the Giants to uh, Browns. the Browns, what he, they got – they did got they a, get two first-round picks? No. They got one for sure. They got the Dexter Lawrence pick and maybe a third. Yeah. So, you got a better deal. Devontae Adams got more despite being five years older than Odell was whenever, you know, Devontae Adams is 29. I'm assuming Odell was, you know, 25 to I guess, I guess it's a fair, fair contract, but in the sense that, like, number one, if I'm the Raiders, I'm taking that deal all day long. And yeah. You, you look at the Packers roster at wide receiver, their depth at wide receiver, which we were already kind of like, oh, boy you know, this is, this is not good to now there's no one. Yeah. In the, say they had to take the field tomorrow. You're splitting Aaron Jones. You're putting Aaron Jones in the slot. Yeah. Like that's Hopefully. where you're at. And well, obviously, obviously they have Amari Rogers who I think you liked. I was a fan of his in the pre-jab process. Didn't do much last year of note. Um, Valdez Scantling, I don't think has been signed yet. So maybe they try and like bring him back, but it's not like he was like working out in, in Green Bay. I think they're surely in the veteran receiver market now, whether that's Odell, Robert Woods is on the, is on the trade block, supposedly Julio, even though I think as guys who watched the NFL last year, I think Julio's kind of washed, no disrespect to him, but he's just not, you know, he's not the same player that he once was for, for Julio. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. washed for Julio. Like, he's a Hall of – I'm not trying to disrespect Julio, but 
I don't think like Julio really moves the needle too much with his health concerns. Like he just is at that point of his career where kind of like an Adrian Green situation. Yeah, totally. Um, um, yeah, but I think, it is. I think too, like like you were saying though, like they got to make one solid veteran receiver move. Obviously, they they're probably planning on drafting. I would hope two receivers, you know, for the, mm-hmm. I, I hope they don't. Hopefully they draft no receivers. Draft like all punters and kickers and in green yeah. and like that. But you, you'd have to imagine they're going to draft one receiver in the first round and then probably another one on day two. Um, yep. I also don't think you want to just do that heading into yeah. – especially with Rodgers where he is. I mean, heck, I mean, he's playing the best football of his career, but he's not getting younger. Yeah. I think, I think in terms of free agents, I think Odell is a great, great move for Green Bay. Obviously, he's not going to be available for most of the regular season, but I still think the Packers with a severely hampered receiving core should still be able to win the division. And getting Odell down the stretch and really making him your number one with a, you know, insert Drake okay, London. Insert- that's had two torn ACLs in two years. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal, but, I mean, we're, we're talking slim pickings at this point. Um, yeah, I think they should be a nice, in a nice spot at 22 to take a good receiver. Um, but then again, you're going to be putting a lot of weight on that receiver's shoulders in his rookie year to be Aaron Rodgers' number one. So that's why whether it's, you know. That's not a good strategy. No, it's not a good strategy. And it also, you know, it makes me think, you know, I don't, the whole Allen Robinson going to the Rams thing is interesting too. Like the fact that he's getting $15 million a year where Christian Kirk is getting what he's getting and, you know, Zay Jones is getting like $10 million a year. Like I still believe that Allen Robinson is an, is a number one receiver. And, and, and also it goes to show like, I mean, the Packers I'm assuming have been planning for this, if this was a foregone conclusion and, but they really haven't addressed it yet. So it seems like they are really waiting for the draft. Um, I mean, they also don't have a lot of cap space. No, well, I guess the I guess not. I mean, getting rid of Devonte has has given them yeah but a still, nice, but still, but still, yeah, they're not they're not uh, the exactly cap rich free agency process, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's really it's it's really interesting, man. It's really interesting. Um, and then I, in terms of the Raiders, like I think the Raiders are better, but I still think there's a gap between them and. Um, the three other teams. Yeah, I think the defense has to get better. Yeah. 100%. And that's not necessarily going to happen maybe next year now that you've given up some, some picks. And I guess, you know, they re-signed Max Crosby. Did they do – did they make any other really signings on, on defense? Well, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, yeah. The pass rush is legit. Yeah. The pass it rush – should be legit. Is, is – yeah. So – if the pass rush can, you know, and I'm a believer that you build the D-line and the D-line can make everything else, you know, a little bit better. So, we'll see. I don't know. I think I think the Chargers – I see the Chargers and the – I don't know. I think they're closer than you're, you're giving them credit for. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Everything they yeah. went through last year – I think Josh McDaniels is an interesting hire at the very least. Like, I don't think it's, the you know, one of the worst head coaching hires. I, I think it's interesting. I'm kind of like – coming around on Carr. I've yeah. been off on him for a while, and I was just really impressed with him last season. Um, I kind of think he's got some, like, Stafford in him, just a, a guy who's been on a bad organization and 
just despite all of the issues yeah. around him, has, has, has found a way to succeed. I think he's very clearly like a franchise quarterback. I think he's very clearly a tier above the Kirks, the Jimmy G's, the Bakers, you know, of, of the NFL. I think he's kind of in that back tier of franchise quarterbacks. Um, like, I think he's like a top, I think he's like, he, he and Dak are like pretty similar to me. Like, are, are yeah. Dak like too far off from each other skill-wise? Like, I don't really think, obviously they're different players, but just in, in terms of winning football games, I don't know if they're that, that far off. Um, I, I just can't put either of them ahead of like Kirk to be honest. I don't know. I think they're all kind of in because once you elevate them from that tier, in my opinion, then you're getting into like the Staffords, the Kylers for me, like the Russell Wilt, like you're getting into that next level of like you're getting through the, to the five through 11s of NFL quarterbacks. In the whole Herbert Burrow tier, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should, it should be interesting. Tyler, yeah, Jack. Guys, like, to me, like, Carr is a guy that you clearly, like, signed to long-term deals. Kirk, yeah. clearly, you know, hasn't been that. He's getting one-year little extensions. Yeah. Like, there's a reason the Vikings aren't, like, hitching their wagon to Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think the, the Chargers, Broncos, and, and Raiders, I kind of think they're all on, like, the same level. I just – I don't know, man. I think Herbert and Wilson, I, I just think – I think I have to give them an edge with quarterback and defense, would, both of those would, teams. Yeah. Chargers defense was terrible last year. I mean, you're, you're betting that it gets better with Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, which helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I right? – I, uh, But, I mean, the defense was still expected to be good last year, and it was pretty awful. I think, yeah. I, 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 like the, I, think, I think the Broncos will have a, a very good season. They're still kind of unproven – outside of quarterback, like, yeah, sure is, is young and hasn't exactly done anything remarkable, right? It's, it's not like yeah. you, you look at a team like the Rams that Stafford joined where it's kind of the opposite scenario where, you know, kind of the, the quarterback who hasn't had any career accolades joins a team that has been to a Super Bowl and then been to multiple playoff games. You know, Russ is kind of that guy who's, who's joining a team that needs to be elevated, which is like what Tom Brady did, right? Yeah, it's it's not you know unprecedented to to work out, but I I just think I think all those teams are closer, and then I still just give the edge to Kansas City at the top because they've been to four straight AFC Championship games. Like I'm not about to start like selling the Chiefs who just signed Juju, which I I think was a very good um, decision for them. Um, we were talking pre Zoom here that like Juju's kind of gone from overrated after like a crazy rookie season to kind of being underrated now between, you know, a year without Big Ben and then years, you know, the, the last two years of, of bad Big Ben. Um, and how he's going to fit in Kansas City, a team that he's going to take that Sammy Watkins role kind of and have Tyreek and Kelsey. And I think he's going to be yeah. – yeah. he's going to eat under the middle and he's going to – I mean, I think he's going to do great things for that offense just because he's a guy who is a good slot receiver in the NFL. He's big, he's reliable, he's physical, he can make catches – um Block. so yeah I really like that move a lot for it's like what it's exactly what that offense I think was missing um and yeah I, I guess just the other dominoes that have to fall are, are all quarterbacks where's Jimmy G gonna go where's Baker gonna go uh, we just talked about the Packers I, I would pencil in Jameis to the Saints yeah 
and I would, you know, you can pencil in Matt Ryan staying in, in Atlanta. So who are the other teams that need quarterbacks? The Panthers? Yep. The Colts? Yep. And then theoretically the Seahawks? Yep. I think those are the three right there. I don't think, I don't think the Giants are in the quarterback market. I don't think um, – I guess the, I think the Steelers are going to draft Steelers. a quarterback. Steelers. I think, I they, think they, they – They're not, like, about to trade for a guy. Yeah. The, I think, signing, I think the Steelers are definitely in the rookie draft. Yes. Market, but yeah. they're not in a, in a free agent situation. You got, so you got Jameis, Jimmy G, Baker. We can throw Mariota in there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, – and I think, and I, I think in the same ilk, I mean, obviously the Lions are a QB needy team, but I think it's it's rookie, it's the draft or bust. Yeah, not, I agree. You're not going to sign Mariota when you have Goff, like, on the roster. Yeah. Unless you're trading Goff, you know, like. Totally. So, if but I, I think Goff would be more uh, unappetizing than a, uh, a Jimmy G or a Baker. If you're the Colts, would you rather have Jimmy G or Baker? Jimmy G, 100%. I mean, obviously, going off of last year, I like would tend to agree with you, but I'm not sure that that Jimmy G is better than Baker. Jimmy I G think is professional. Yeah, and it I think matters. his floor, I think his floor is higher for sure. Um, but I think a Colts with like a good, you know, you know, good organization. I would have a hard time seeing the Colts, especially after what they experienced with Wentz, where clearly that didn't go well from a personality standpoint. Yeah, like. Jimmy G is just clearly a cool customer. Clearly the, the players on the 49ers, they, you know, played hard for him and liked him. Like, I, I, I think it would be a huge mistake for the Colts to go after Baker. I think it would be a mistake really for any team to really, like, give up assets for Baker Mayfield. Like, well, it depends on – what do you think the price is for Baker, a third? I would assume that's what they'll want to get. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, but then I, again, I honestly, like if I'm a GM, I wouldn't want to be the guy that signed Deshaun Watson and I wouldn't want to be the guy that traded for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I like, think that's fair. But then again, you have Wentz going for, you know, I guess that's the second pick swap and a third Darnold went for a second last year. People look at Wentz and in, in the, you know, the, the season before the ACL tear and say, I can fix this guy. You know, Wentz at least has the physical tools. Baker's got an arm and that's it. And, and, yeah, you know, I think I think Carolina is super interesting, and I, and I'm sure because you know, we bring up Carolina, I'm sure Cleveland wants to give Baker the NFC. I'm sure they don't want him to stay in the AFC and go to Indy, and that's obviously where he has his eye set on. And it seems like the Colts are are picking between um, Baker and and Jimmy, and then you know you have Carolina, um, who it seems like nobody wants to go there. It seems like – And do you blame anyone? I don't, I guess, but that just has – I mean, I guess uh, – I guess course, it's, I mean, it's not a bad point. It's just like – No, I know, but I think Carolina has a really nice young defense, and you have DJ Moore, who I think is a really damn good receiver. Uh, I don't know if Robbie Anderson is going to be there next year, but McCaffrey, obviously. The offensive line is trash, but, like, you can see the pieces there. They have a young, they have a, a kind of a stud on every level on a rookie contract. You have Brian Burns, you have uh, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn. Yeah. Um, those are all, I think, really young, good players. And David Tepper, at least in my mind's eye, 
is an owner who's going to do whatever it takes to get a Super Bowl. And whether that's good or not, uh, I don't know. I, I tend to, you know, like, I like that. I like the idea of having a guy like David Tepper, who's going to spend big in free agency and reward his players. And, you know, it's, he's not a guy who's trying to, you know, penny pinch. He's a guy who's made his money on wall street and wants to win Super Bowls and wants to make the, uh, the Panthers a, uh, a really good franchise. So um, give him the call one sec. Anywho. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 again, yeah, I can't blame them, but like, they have a better, like when it comes down to, you know, Atlanta and new Orleans with the Deshaun situation, like yeah. Carolina has a lot of pieces, man. And I guess Matt rule is just a total boob. I don't know. Um, and you have Ben McAdoo as your offensive coordinator. So, I mean, there's some cold water I can just throw on it right there, but there's, there's pieces there and you have a, you know, DJ Moore and I don't know. Yeah. Like, like do you a, think that- it's just how like, good their season started out last year and like things don't fall apart like that on accident you know totally and Darnold's like there yeah and as a guy who I guess is like the highest on Malik even though like I'm not about to go to bat for him like I think if Malik goes to the Carolina Panthers at six and is you know Darnold starts for five games and they throw in Malik like I think that's a really bad situation for Malik man you know like I just have a hard time seeing him really yeah, news offensive coordinator exactly exactly so <laughs> it's just it, it's just interesting maybe you know maybe they throw their hat in the ring for jimmy g I, I don't know man because when you look at the optics now that deshaun watts is not going to the nfc south and like jimmy yeah. g on carolina is carolina are, are they are they in that vikings eagles range i mean seven teams are going to make the playoffs from the nfc man and it seems that there's five that you can like generously slot in there, but yeah. once you get past those fives, you're getting to the Minnesota, the Phillies of the world, who I don't think Philly's going to take anyone by surprise this year like they did last year. So Carolina playing a last place schedule. I don't know. So um, what's the updated draft order here with the, the Deshaun fallout? I think the, the Texans will slot in at 13. Yep. And then have two first – I mean, man, if Davis Mills turns out, man. I was – yeah, that was something that I, I wanted to mention too, and I'm sure you are just about to say it. Like, the Texans are in a really good spot, man. Because even if, even if Davis Mills doesn't – I mean, they got they have, screwed in a sense. I mean, they're, they're, they're gen, they drafted a generational talent. Yes. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're in they a good spot for considering what could have happened, which is like Deshaun Watson in handcuffs – yeah you just lose out on everything yes yeah well yeah and considering what happened like the package they got and how their team is they seem to be trying to you know do what dan campbell's doing in detroit and like build this culture um and you have lovey smith as your head coach they don't have their coach of the future which yes you know they don't have their coach of the of the future but i could see this team being like kind of scrappy with davis mills and some rookie receivers and some rookies and yeah, they're in a, they're they're going to be in a perfect position to if Davis Mills is not their quarterback of the future. Bad division. Yeah, bad division with Tennessee. I think is trending downwards, and Indy, you know, is treading water. I think for now, but could potentially be trending downwards. And I think Jacksonville is. I have to say they're trending upwards. I think in next year, but they're going to be in cap hell in a couple of years. I think like they're not really taking the proper advantage of of Lawrence's rookie contract window I think a lot of these contracts are probably going to age badly 
Yeah. Um, you know, in two to three years, we're going to be seeing that Aluakun and Kirk are going to get cut. Um, I like Aluakun. I like Aluakun too, man. But like, he was the best. How much? I also I also agree with you. It's like, oh, you like sign Aluakun and get rid of Miles Jack. And... Totally. How much better is Aluakun than Miles Jack? I don't know. Like, is he yeah. significantly He's better than him? Bit, but not. You know. Yeah. Not. Not not for how much they're paying him. I mean, what is Miles Jack getting from the Steelers? Like eight million bucks a year. In a year, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean Houston. I mean, it, assuming they get a quarterback of the future, they're going to be in a position to really put some nice pieces around Davis Mills this year that will translate into. I can't believe I'm like about to say this, but it's like you rip on Malik at three. He's there. No. Knowing, no, I wouldn't. Knowing, knowing that you have six first-round picks over the next three seasons, I wouldn't. Man. I think Davis Mills showed yeah. enough that I, I don't. I I wouldn't do it either. I was just I was just posing. No, the, you're. Yeah. Hey, that's what we're doing. We're spitballing here, but I think I think it's worth giving Davis Mills a shot at the full season. Yep. I think it's a hundred percent worth it. He was good last year. Like he was much better than expected. I'm not. Right, maybe good. I shouldn't say he good certain games <laughs> yes yeah he was he, he was surprising and if he was coming out in this draft he'd probably be a first round pick. davis mills had the second best rookie quarterback season yeah you can make that argument you can make that argument man i mean we can ignore how well zach wilson looked down the stretch but we could save that for we could save that for the afc's preview in july man um but yeah i mean if you like if davis mills was in this draft like he probably is a – whoa, we're switching here. He probably is a second-round pick – I mean, a first-round pick, right? Mm, I don't know. He well, if Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter are going to be first-round picks and Sam don't, Howell, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they are. That's, like, where I guess maybe where we disagree. Like, just not necessarily, like, on the players themselves, but, like, with where they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an inch. I think it's an inch. I see it like an EJ Manuel, Geno Smith draft, where it's like you're trying just to put quarterbacks in the first round because that's where they've gone in the past. And it's just like, in reality, they're just not that. They're just not worth it. One or two teams is going to rip on a guy because they feel that pressure. Like, mm-hmm. Panthers might rip on a guy. I don't, you know, the Steelers don't usually do these types of organizational things, but heck, they might rip on a guy because they feel like they need to. Probably not because they got Mitch, right? But I think I think they're drafting a quarterback in the first round, 100. percent I'm ready to put I'm ready to put that on the Yap Cast, man. Oh, I had a I had a lick. You had a lick? Malik Willis at two. Oh God. Licking. Well, it seems consensus now that Hutchinson is going uh, number one. Yeah, then I'd want Kayvon. I was texting yeah, with, with Lee about this last night. Karloftis seems to be, like, taking on water, at least in the media, like, for no real reason other than the fact that, like, guys like Walker or Jermaine Johnson have gotten, like, a lot of hype. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, got Kayvon and, and Karloftis, their first, two first-round picks. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty scary-looking uh, offensive line. I mean, Club, what do you what do you think of the prospect of them taking like Evan Neal or Ikki Aquano and just making them the most dominant run blocking offensive line since the Cowboys in '94? I I I, <laughs> I think it's interesting just in terms of like 
especially if Hutchinson goes, that's probably where the value is just in terms of the draft board in the consensus, like who knows what they have in the building. Right. Um, I think if you, I, I, I'd want to have the conversation of like, what can we trade Taylor Decker for? Yeah. Can we put Icky or Evan Neal at right tackle? Um, Right now you have Decker, Vitae, Ragnow, Jackson, Sewell, which if they all stay healthy, honestly, I think you could make an argument they're the best line in the league. Yeah, Um, totally. Last year you had injuries to to Ragnow. You had injuries to Decker. Sewell kind of got off to a slow start and then started playing a lot better. So I think, you know, this year, if if all of them are healthy, that's like on paper one of the best lines in the league. So I'm not trying to like bring in Neil or Icky without – moving one of those pieces. Yep. And, and I'm not sure. I, don't, I, I just don't think you take a tackle, two tackles, top ten, back-to-back years, especially when you already have one. Um, well, it's, so. it's, it, seems like, it seems like the idea would be, like, drafting a Quanu at two and, like, putting him at guard and keeping yeah, Decker. I'm not doing And that. then having a succession plan for, for Decker, uh, you know, in three or four years, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm just not um, taking guard at second overall. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I um, agree. I think I think it's coming down to, to Kyle Hamilton, Malik Willis, or Kayvon. Hmm. Or I guess maybe Trevon Walker. What about the hometown kid, Sauce Gardner, man? No, no. I mean, I love I mean, I'm not that's not, you know, a no at Sauce. That's a no at you 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 took your corner at three, you drafted Iffy. Amani looks like a, a starter. Like, he, you know, Amani to me, not just looks like Amani has proven that he can be a starting NFL cornerback with, with upside too. It's yeah. Not like a, a, you know, a plug in, in, in Phil starter. So I, I think you really need to do another season with, with Amani and Okuda. Um, you might be set at corner. Maybe. Yeah. Like you might be just set at corner with between Iffy and Okuda and, Amani, like you might just be fine. And I'm just not going to be in the business of, of adding another corner when there's just so many other holes on the roster, especially at edge rusher. I mean, there, you could make an argument for the lions that their number one need is, is a pass rusher. Obviously yeah. really because golf is on the team, but mm-hmm. golf is at least like the 25th best quarterback in the NFL. Like yep. the Lions just re-signed Charles Harris and you got Romeo Aquara coming off the torn Achilles. And yeah. Hopefully Julian Aquara does anything, and then that's it. So yeah. I think adding – I was texting Lee this too. Like, I would love to see them they – have, they have five picks in the top 100. Would love to see them make four of those picks defensive players. Mm. Yeah, so, I think – And then the other one, a wide receiver. And like, yeah, I mean, I think they have to take a receiver. The only two offensive positions I see them even drafting this year would be quarterback and wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I think that's – their offense is relatively set outside of those two positions. Yeah. Like, if you, uh-huh. if you put, like, Jimmy G on the Lions and then you gave them, like, Allen Robinson. Yeah, they could be a wild card team. <laughs> I mean, are they like? I don't think it's crazy to say that they could be a wild card team when you're competing with the Vikings and the Eagles. Like that's just maybe more a reflection on how I feel about the NFC. I think the defense is still pretty far. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely is on paper, but that defense man played hard last year. And I think – Played hard, and they had their moments. They still, on the aggregate, like, statistically, bottom of the league. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, I'll, 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 you know, sing the praises of Aaron Glenn all day. I'll, I'll sing the praises of guys like Amani. I thought Ali McNeil showed some nice things. I'm glad they brought Chasey Walker back. In reality, those are the only three players on your defense that have, like, shown that they're capable NFL starters. Anzalone. He's, he is better than Jared Davis, and I'll leave it at that. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, mean, yeah, you're probably... How many teams have two first-round picks? That could be, you know, or an interesting – um, well, Houston, Houston does, uh, the Eagles do, obviously the lions do, um, and the Packers do, but I think that's all right, Tommy, well, let's do, let's do a fun little, I realized that, um, you know, we, we could talk all day cause zoom it's, it's only for, for more than two people. It gives you the, the boot, but, um, Oh, wow. I think we could have a fun little exercise to, to end the show here. What do you think? Uh, let's uh, do it, man. Does it rhyme? Does it rhyme with? Let's go, I'll, I'll share my screen with you. We'll go to a um, the draft network mock. I was gonna say, does it rhyme with cock? Yep. <laughs> a fun yeah. little end of show activity that rhymes with cock. That, that was a reference to this, the the St. Peter's peacocks that beat the, uh, yep. the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, March Madness. So Tommy, you guys, so I can set this up here. You got to give me the the teams that have. Two plus first round picks. We've got okay. The Detroit, Houston. Oh, the Giants. The Jets. Giants as well. No, the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, the Giants and the Jets. Wow, I missed those two. The Jets, the Eagles, and the Packers. And the Packers. Wow. So we've got Houston, Detroit, both New York teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Eagles and the Packers. Hey, I'm, I'm refilling my water. Yeah, refill up. This has got to be a record of amount of teams that have multiple first-round picks. Yeah. So, again, before we, before we rip it, we've got the, the Lions, the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles, the Texans, the Packers. Yes. Six teams. And the Eagles have three first-round picks. So, yeah. uh, Tommy, I'll share my screen with you here. Is that an even amount of teams? Six, six teams. Are we okay? Are, do you want to draft for teams, or do you want to do you want to brain trust it? You let, let's brain trust it, man. Maybe okay. that that can get a good conversation started. Let, let's brain trust it. So, next, just first round. Do you see what we can do when Lee's not here? Lee would yeah. be totally against this. Way too early for a mock. <laughs> Way too early for a mock in Lee's hey, mind. You no, know, it, usually it is too for me too. But we're post free agency now. I think we can really take a look at it. Yep. Okay, so Jaguars number one take Aiden Hutchinson. So yeah. I mean, Tommy, you know, I kind of made my my pitch earlier. To me, you know, I'm with you. Gone. Yeah, and, give you maybe you want to get up on the soapbox and explain why, but I I completely agree with you. This is going to be my take on Kayvon. I, I've watched him. Uh, big fan of his game. I think he can he can be a you know explosive player from multiple positions along the D line. I don't like my edge guys going out and covering the pass, but he's done it, and, and the Lions like to do that as well. So I think he fits the, the system on defense for what the Lions want to do with their edges. Here's the caveat. 
if, if Brad Holmes Skyped me up from here in Yuma and said, look, look at him. We agree with your scouting report, but we've got some big red flags here that, you know, our, our scouting department has done out in, out in the North, uh, Northwest and we're not comfortable bringing this guy in. All power to you, Brad. All right. Yep. And, and that's the side of the draft that, that we don't know. Uh, I, you know, I think sure are, are some guys maybe getting slandered from year to year, but where there's smoke, where there, there's fire. We saw it with Rosen, man. Or it's yeah. like, this guy really loved the game. And it's like, eh, probably not. Yep. So, uh, you I know. think the real question is, Adam, I don't know if you are educated enough to make, to answer this question, but if it's not Thibodeau, who are you taking? Probably Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I like, I just have a feel, feeling that Hamilton might slip out of the top 10 just because of safety value. Yeah. And we yeah. saw what happened to Derwin. Hamilton's a big position of need for the lions too. So like that fits, like you can make, if, if you take out like the positional value, just in terms of like, where do the lions lack talent? Like yeah. edge safety are probably like the top two, it, it, probably edge safety receiver, put him in whatever yeah. order you want. Right. So that's just where that would fall. But to, to me, you take the talent at the position of value. I mean, you know, edge is one of the, the edge tackle quarterback. Like, let's not like overcomplicate this here um, and, and, and take cave on. So let's, yeah. let's, let's put that in, put that in ink. And we're up again with the Houston Texans. Um, I, I think this is Evan Neal for, in my perspective. I would, I would agree with that. I think it's Evan Neal. Here's, I guess. Okay. Do this is, this is, this is, should we make it what we want or what we think we should make it what we want, right? Yeah, let's do what we want. Okay. We're, we're going to bring in Evan Neal. And I think if Tunsil's here for the future, great. But I don't think that's, that probably isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked already about Houston and how they're setting up for the future for whether it's Davis Mills or a different quarterback. I think the luxury of bringing in a rookie quarterback or your franchise quarterback and having a guy like Levin, Evan Neal, a cornerstone on the left, left side of the line, I think that's awesome, man. I think that's great. And, and it, 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 pair, it, it goes to the strength of the draft, which is tackles. Here are the Jets, Jets up. Here are the Jets at four. Um, you know, it, interesting free agency for them. Um, yep. making, making a lot of a lot of moves. I think you know another team that could go in in a lot of different directions. I like I like Ikiakuanu here, man. Did we did we say the Seahawks were gonna? The Seahawks don't have two. Did we say that they did? Oh, just, it just means traded. Never mind. Okay. Oh, see, they're on. They're on auto draft. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Attracted. I mean, I, I haven't. You know, I don't know a lot in terms of the tackles. I haven't really done my my due diligence. I don't know between like Icky or Cross, like who is more or less liked. Um, I think it's an interesting spot where it's like you know the Giants are probably also interested in a tackle. Um. Yeah, I think the, I think the, the the Giants taking a tackle before you pick again at ten is higher than you know an edge you you like being available at ten. So I'd, I'd probably go with Icky. Yeah, and I think the idea of Makai Becton and Icky Aquanu, two of the most physical uh, run blocking prospects coming out. I mean, I and and I think ultimately too with Zach Wilson, I think you need to lean offensive. Uh, I think that's the tiebreaker over. Yeah, they need corners, they need edge players, but. Let's try and give Zach Wilson all the tools he can to uh, 
to uh, to survive in this league and thrive. Yeah, the more I do this, the more I just think in general these these tackles are probably going to go maybe top five, like all three of yeah, them. Yeah, totally. I'm sitting here with the Giants, and it's like unless the Panthers you think are going to take Malik Willis, you know that they have a big need at, at tackle. Yep. Like, are you really going to gamble on Charles Cross being there at seven if you really like him? Well, and I think another kind of interesting thing that I've been hearing too is like the media, like draft media is a lot higher on Charles Cross than the NFL is. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can look at the fourth tackle. I think it's Raymond or the Raymond from Central Michigan, who's a little bit more of an athletic freak or Penning. Yeah, Penning. Uh, supposedly there's rumors that like on most of these teams, Penning is OT3. Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Charles Cross. I do know that his pass protection is, is pretty darn good playing down at Mike Leach's uh, system at Mississippi State. So, um, you know, and then Andrew Thomas. I mean, it's definitely a need for, for the Giants. Like, do you move – I guess one of these guys has got to play right tackle. No, no pieces along their offensive or defensive line. Yeah. So, to me, I think – I really think both of these picks are, like, edge and tackle. And yeah. It's, and it's just about what order you do it in. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably a safe bet. You want to pull trig on cross, man? Yeah, let's just do it. Oops, almost just took Hamilton. Okay. All right, beautiful. Oh, wow. Panthers wow. <laughs> hey, man. That's some, good, that's some good GM work on our part, man. <laughs> we got our guy. We got our guy is right. Here's where it gets interesting, man. To me, I would say – I mean, who, who's opposite Bradbury? I know. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to go edge, and I was going to get ready to, to make a corner argument. To me, I mean, to me, it's like I like Jermaine Johnson. I don't – you know, I know Trayvon Walker's been a big riser. I think Sauce or Stingley or Hamilton, frankly, are like the more – Stingley, there's the floor, right? But just in terms of the, the – the talent the ceiling, level. you mean, or yeah, the talent level and the ceiling, yeah, and and proof on tape that it, it can translate. I mean, you know, Trayvon Walker is, is a bit of a projection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Sauce is the floor, man. Yeah, Sauce is the floor. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to like get more convinced that that Sauce should be CB one, but then you, I mean. Derek Singley played some of the best corner, has some of the best college corner tape ever, and he was 18 years old when he did it. So let's let's hey, you know what? Let's rip sauce. Let's rip sauce, man. Rip sauce. Let's rip sauce. Detroit's own. Okay. Panthers come in and take Hamilton. Seahawks Falcons. come in and take Stingley. We're back up with, with the man. Jets. Um, we have our choice of edge. If we want to go that route, and we all we yeah. also could pull on a receiver too if we wanted, but um, well, they 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 should be okay at receiver, right? Between Davis and 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 more more. Yeah, my only thought process is adding a guy like Drake London. Um, yeah. I mean, we're we're going full in on Zach Wilson. Hopefully, we get the offensive line going, and then you have 
Elijah Moore who can operate out of the slot kind of and be your dynamic playmaker. And then two possession type receivers in, in Corey Davis and, and Drake London. I don't even like calling Drake London a possession receiver because I feel like a lot of the knock on him is, oh, he doesn't separate, which I think is a little misleading. And also, I just think he's an absolute machine at the, uh, at the catch point, too. I think he's better than Mike Williams was coming out of Clemson. So, Yeah, what I'll say is I think, I think um, we've got an opportunity here to, to take a top-flight edge in Jermaine Johnson. And I think yeah. he's deep. Yeah. And I think some of the receivers will, will fall to our, our pick in the second round. Maybe, you know, Tommy, you can circle this down and, and say, hey, you know, let's take a look at who was there at the end. Yep. You know, I think as the, the brain trust for the Lions, we very well may be ripping on a receiver there at 32. We could. But I think ultimately a guy will be the, there that the Jets can be happy with, whereas I, I don't know if a, a Jermaine Johnson is going to be sitting at, in, in the top of the second round. That's a good point. And also, I mean, you know I like Jermaine Johnson and, and pairing him with a guy like Robert Sala, with Carl Lawson coming off, obviously, yeah. an Achilles injury. I mean, that gives you – if Jermaine Johnson kind of hit that ceiling, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, pretty nice duo you got there. So, let's, let's pencil it in. Okay. The commanders take Jamison Williams. So, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been reaching on receiver there too, T-Bone. Who knows? No, who knows, man. Davis goes 12 to the Vikings. I probably should have argued for Jordan Davis since that's my yap. I'm yapping right now. <laughs> um, we're back. Would have been a conflict of interest, Adam. So, so, so the Texans took Evan Neal. We made Evan yep. Neal our, our, first, our first pick in the first round. So now we're, we're coming around to, to the second pick. We're, we're making another pair here like we just did for the Jets. Got another needed edge. Walker's here. Ajabo's here. Karloftis is here. Still got, you know, your guy McDuffie at corner, which is, is a need. Yep. You know, Receiver, too, I think is probably a need. I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing Brandon Cooks being on this roster come week one. Yeah, I mean, I'm still big in the trenches, man. Like with my yeah, I know. But I know I just I know I just tilted the the tables to in in our last pick. So yeah, I'm also looking maybe to balance things out. We took offense with our first one, you know, trying to add the defense. We've got I I would argue for for Walker or Karloftis in in my opinion. Or, you know, are we ripping on Olave or something like that? I think it's interesting. And, and also, we didn't really even mention our news roundup, man. Uh, Ojabo supposedly broke his ankle. From our, from our Michigan uh, insider, broke his ankle out of this pro day. Um, which, you know, thank God it's not any structural damage. But I don't, I don't think that should really affect his draft stock. But it's obviously something. Um, I mean, it, it will, though. Yeah, you, you, it, it probably will. But I see a broken ankle, and, you know, bones will heal. A loss to the mean machine lasts forever. You know what I'm saying? That was the longest yard quote for you fans at home. I don't know if you picked up on that, uh, Adam. But, yeah, I mean, what say you, man? You're, you're, you're thinking Edge? You're thinking, thinking Walker or Karloftis? Yeah. I, I would lean Karloftis just because, you know, I like, you know, the more proven guys. But I understand the the upside with Walker, so I, I would I would defer to you if you want to make that choice for us. Yeah, I mean I do love me some Trent McDuffie, man, and and corner surely is a need. Um, it comes down to that value edge versus uh, you know pass rush versus pass coverage. We're always talking about it come this time of year. Yeah. Um, and you are you are the corner maestro. I am, especially when I love my Washington corners. Um, 
I don't know, man. I might need to look back at Carl Loftus. Like, I did like him. I did like Trayvon Walker a lot, too, man. He's got – I mean, he's an athletic freak. And also with – you know, I think Walker undoubtedly has a higher ceiling, and I think Ojabo does, too, than Carl Loftus just because of the athletic profile. Um, and, I, and Houston's in a situation where they can go for ceiling here. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know what? Let's um, – man, I, it's, it's Walker Ojabo for me, man. Who do you like best out of those two? I liked Ojabo a lot on film. I think I would, let's let's go with Walker. Yeah, let's go with Walker. I man. About the broken ankle, that's not too good. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't. But now let's take let's take Trayvon Walker going SEC. And Ojabo goes. Yeah, Ojabo oh. goes to the to the Ravens. I, I'm going to uh, – 15 with the Eagles. Maybe we can kind of reset the board for the, the listeners at home. McDuffie, top player on the TDN board right now. Malik Willis, Andrew Booth, Garrett Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Linderbaum, Drake London, Devonta Wyatt, Karloftis, Sion Johnson, Traylon Burks, Perion Winfrey, Kenyon Green, among some of the names. you got Nicobe Dean a little bit down here, Devin Lloyd. I'm, I'm going to stand on the table for Trent McDuffie here, man. I'm happy to do. I'm 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 happy to to make that the pick. I think it's a need. You got Slay, obviously, who played very well last year, but he's not getting any younger. I, Trent McDuffie's a high floor corner, heady player, really smart. Well, um, so, so let's well let's you know let's have a little conversation inside the draft room here because we got these three picks. We got the Chargers just signed J.C. Jackson. We got the Saints behind us. Obviously, I think we can maybe agree that we're looking at edge and, and wide receiver and, and O-line here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got these two for sure picks. So let, let's, let's, let's identify three guys that we want in, in yeah. order to, to pick them in here because we've got 15, 16, then we've got 19. Okay, so you're saying McDuffie. I'm going to put Karloftis out there. Mm-hmm. He's on the board here, and I think, you know, with Derek Barnett leaving and a little yeah. bit of lack of, of edge rushing presence, I think he, he fits a need. And if we want to say Drake London, Tommy. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we're cheating a little bit with the, the predictive board. It, it would tell us to go London and, and McDuffie. Or yeah, I think we leave, I think we leave London for the, the 19th pick and go, we can each take our guy with, with, with I mean, would you say London would be who you would zero in on a receiver for the for the? Yeah, it would be. It would or be London be for some speed with Alave or or um, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, you think about having Jalen Hurts right now. You got Devonte Smith, uh, who's mm-hmm. who's a route runner, a technician, uh, a really good receiver. They don't really have a burner. Um, you know what? I think you're right, Clep. Let's let's take my guy McDuffie here. Let's give you your choice. Let's give you Karloftis at 16. I do think Karloftis is a good fit. I forgot about Barnett. Also, Brandon Graham getting a little older. And we'll take a gamble that I think the Chargers are definitely live for a receiver. The Saints having missed out on uh, Deshaun Watson. The will take a receiver. They've got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Josh Palmer. Yeah, but I think, you know, no, no shade to your guy Josh Palmer, but adding a first round – I mean – they, they, they've kind of taken care of all their needs where it's like we can have a really strong one through four receiver core with Jay, with Jay Herbo, man. I, if I'm the Chargers, I probably take 
I probably take a uh, you know a receiver at this point. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but we let's take a gamble, man. Let's take the gamble. Okay, we're gonna I'm gonna lock in Carl Loftus here. Okay. Mm. So we lost Garrett Wilson. Devonta Wyatt went to the went to the uh, the Bolts. Yep. So are we still thinking receiver? I think the only other consideration is is Zion Johnson or Linderbaum. Mm -hmm. But I think it's easier to find interior offensive linemen later on in the draft. Quality interior offensive linemen rather than getting a, a stud at receiver. Are we concerned about the fact that we've now taken a receiver like in the first round for three years in a row or the fact that our earlier picks weren't receivers that this is fine? Because it's still – I think – I mean – I think you can't be – I think you can't – you know, you got to trust the process. Here's my, other, here's my other outside the box here. Let's hear it. I know this from listening to, uh, to good old Ben Solak uh, back in the uh, lockdown NFL draft days. The Eagles, like, haven't taken a linebacker in the first round in, like, 20 years, right? Yeah. Or is it the corners? It's linebackers. You're right. Linebackers. Are we looking at a Kobe Dean here? I mean, I think N'Kobe Dean or Devin Lloyd definitely should be in play. Um, but I also know him as a guy who's doing avid mocks, man, this is a pretty deep linebacker core. You got my guy Troy Anderson from Montana State running 4-4. Um, I know there's a kid from Wyoming, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, there's another kid from Wyoming, Chad uh, Muma or yeah. Yuma. Yeah, Chad, Chad, I, Chad Yuma. Chad Yuma, man, Chad Yuma, Arizona. I think this is Drake London for me, man. I think we hit a home run with McDuffie, Karloftis. Now you bring in – you got Drake London and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. You know, give Jalen give Hurts no excuses. And then hit linebacker and interior offensive line on day two. Okay. Locking it in. Welcome the Packers at 22. This is the pick they acquired for Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Yep. Tyler Linderbaum just went to the Steelers. Andrew Booth, corner from Clemson, just went to the Pats. I'm standing on the table for Alave here, man. Yeah, you know, as a, as a Lions fan, I'm really going to stand on the table for Malik Willis here at this point. <laughs> I think it's Alave, man. I think you can make an argument for interior offensive line, but like I just said with uh, – Okay. I'm, I'm, with happy. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Let's go, let's go Alave. Dang. Okay, run of picks here before. Whoa. The Lions, or the, the Packers, excuse me, come up again. Christian Watson went. Oh, no, that's what I wanted at 32. All of our receivers for 32 just went, man. Oh, my goodness. And for the Jets. Yeah. My goodness. Traylon Burks goes 23 to the Cardinals. Jahan Dotson goes to the Cowboys. No way. <laughs> No. Jerry. Kyrie yeah. goes to the Bills. N'Kobe Dean goes to the Titans. Christian Watson, a guy who I hope makes it to 32 in the real draft, goes to the Bucks at 27. God, that's a scary pick. That is a scary pick. A scary pick. I like that pick for the Bucks, man. Holy crap. Packers. Godwin, Evans, and Watson. Sheesh. All right, we're back. Sheesh we're back with the Packers. All of our receivers just went. I'm not 
people like Sky Moore, people like George Pickens, people like David Bell. I'm I'm not in the business of making those guys first round picks. Are you Tommy? I think I I think uh, Pickens is interesting, but you got the Raiders second round pick. I think you know. Also, I think Pick- no quarterbacks have gone so far in this draft. Yeah, which is probably unlikely, but worth mentioning. Worth mentioning. I don't worth know. mentioning that a guy like Watson or. Uh, I don't know if that's unlikely. Anyway, um, uh, what else do the Packers need outside a receiver? Probably some some defensive pieces. I mean, they re-signed Devondre Campbell. Lost to Darius Smith. But you, you lost some edge presence. It's looking a little skimpy at edge. We got Cameron Thomas and Boye Mafe. Mafe, I might say, hey, let's take a chance. So let's. Yeah, Mafe, it seems like is going to be is kind of a lock for the first round. Just an athletic freak, which those guys usually go in the first round. Stirring um, up the offensive line, maybe, or, or I was gonna. I mean, my my gut reaction pick was gonna be uh, was gonna be Zion Johnson from Boston College. Can play all over the interior of the offensive line. I think the plan is to move Elton Jenkins out to right tackle. So you're going to have Bakhtiari and Elsie Jenkins at right tackle and then throw a guy like Zion Johnson right where, you know, left guard or right guard, wherever Elton Jenkins was playing. Also took some snaps at the senior bowl. Um, I think he's a really safe, really good prospect. Works for me. Zion Johnson. I mean, you're, you're walking away with a lava and Zion Johnson for the Packers. I think that's pretty, pretty darn good. Let me press the button here for, for Zion. We're locking it in. The Lions yeah. are, are the last pick, of course. I really love how the Lions, like, I think it sucks that obviously they end up with the 32nd pick. Like, God, you know, can't have anything nice, right? But yeah, it's kind of fun for when you listen to draft podcasts. Like, you get their first pick, and then you get to, like, yeah, book end up with at the end. Uh, I kind of like it. So, before we, we press the button here on Zion Johnson, okay, we took Kayvon, second overall. Obviously, we, we talked pre show. We've got big needs at, at safety, we got big needs at wide receiver. Quarterbacks are sitting here. Are we, you know, are you looking at potentially taking Willis if he's there at 32? I don't. I, th- I don't think for the purposes of this mock, I don't think we should do that. Just because I don't, I, he's not going to be there. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Um, for me, it's. Is there anything you're hoping will will be here? I think Devin Lloyd, man. The fact that Devin Lloyd yeah. could fall to 32, man, he's a stud from Utah, and, and I think Daxton Hill is also very good, a versatile defensive back from Michigan. Um, your boy Christian Harris. I like me some Christian Harris. I think Boye Mafe. Yeah. If he's there, pairing him, pairing him with Thibodeau, pairing the edges. Kind of like that idea. Took a look at the scouting report here. Right, we got we got whew, six four two sixty five. I mean, he's an explosive athlete, man. First, according to Kyle Krabs. What, do you, what is, what is the uh, according to Kyle Krabs? Great natural burst. Yeah. Well, he's, he's an athletic freak. Lions like athletes, too, and Devin Lloyd did not test very well. No, but, hey, the tape don't lie. He's 237. Plays fast, too. Yep. Incredibly long arms. Tommy, I'm I'm willing to say uh, I'll put in I'll put in I think Devin Lloyd would be a great pick at at 32 if he's there. So let's 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 pick Zion Johnson and, and see how the board falls. Raymond, oh, oh no, he goes. 
The Chiefs. The Chiefs swoop in and take Devin Lloyd. Willie Gay wow. and Devin Lloyd, man. Well, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand for Boye. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm gonna say double edge. I think, you know, I understand safety, but hey, I think there's a lot of guys here, right? I mean, I know there is safety's the hardest one for us, you know, YouTube boys to scout. Yeah. Can't see them, but you know, seeing Brisker, Petre, Hill, all guys that that get get their due in the, in the draft community that people people like. Yeah. So I, I just think, man, I really, I really don't think doubling up on edge is out of the question. And I, I don't think it's a bad idea, especially because it's such a big need, and and just why not double up on it? I so will say, here's, who's where we here's you know where we say all the quarterbacks are available. Yeah. Are we going to say, hey, let's just, you know, the, the Jets I mean, took Hutchinson. They have Josh Allen. It's, like, guaranteed that Boye Mafe probably makes it 34. Assuming that Willis isn't going to be here, I think, we should, I think we should do that. I mean, I think Sam Howell, man. That's who I would take if we're going to take a quarterback. I'm, I'm going to use my executive privileges and veto that. I like Sam Howell. I think he's Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Like, I, I respect his game. I respect, you know, he clearly is, is a hard-nosed football player. He's not a diva quarterback. So yeah. well-liked. He, you know, he, to a little bit of a lesser degree, but I still think he has, like, some of the one-read issues that Malik Willis has. And then I don't think Sam Howell is going to be rushing for 100 yards in the NFL. Like, I'm watching the Florida State game. And he's like using his legs the entire game to to you know, to win for his offense. Yeah, and he's a good athlete. He, he he's like he's not like gonna take over the game with his with his legs in the NFL to me. Yeah, it, he's a good athlete. You know, I'm not trying to disrespect him too much. He takes huge hits. Like he he gets crushed once a game. <laughs> he's a football player, baby. He gets crushed once a game. Like I. I really don't – I doubt that he'll be able to stay, like, healthy in the NFL unless he, like, changes his play style. Yeah. I mean, uh, who, who would be your pick for quarterback here? I mean, I wouldn't take one. Yeah. I guess I – you know, if you, if you put a gun to my head, I guess – Oh. Strong? If you put a gun to my head, I'm probably still going to take Sam Howell. Yeah. Like, if you make me take a guy. Yeah. And and that's mostly because I, I just don't think Carson like the immobility and the knee issue. And I mean, let's face it, he just hasn't had a good pre-draft process. Yeah, like it. That probably matters, like not that much in the grand scheme of things, but it's still not like great. Um. I mean, I think you can make an argument that Carson Strong has the the strongest arm in the draft. Yeah, totally. And, and he completes passes that other quarterbacks in this class don't even attempt. Yeah. And so I, I like, I like the kid a lot. I was impressed by a lot of his games. You're still playing in the mountain West. Um, I like that guy Dobbs. Yeah. You know, it, it, we're, we're taking Dobbs later if we, if we get stronger. 
to me, I have Howell and Strong as like my one A and one B quarterbacks, but I still wouldn't take them round one. Like, yeah, that's just how I how I feel about the class. I just don't think it's a good class. Yeah, and that's fine, right? And and I'll be salty about the fact that they didn't take Fields, but I, I don't think you force your hand. Brad Holmes and, and and Dan Campbell's jobs are safe. Like, I don't think I don't believe in forcing the pick at quarterback either. And more than likely, you're gonna have a high pick again next year. So yeah, totally. Uh, I agree. I also, maybe I can bring this up too because I wanted to talk about it because Lee and I were talking about it and I think we might disagree, but I, um, the Lions free agency this year makes me trust Brad Holmes a lot more. Really? Yeah. What about it? Just the fact that they're not doing what the Jaguars are doing, I think Mm -hmm. speaks volumes about what their process is. So I had, I had a, I, I texted Lee about being a little underwhelmed with it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that they didn't do what the Jags or the Jets did. I mean, the Jag, the, the Jets win free agency every offseason, right? It's, it's, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think the Jets and the Jags, and this isn't even me being biased, I think the Jets' free agency, even if I say that Lake and Tomlinson is an awful signing, I think their other signings are pretty solid, man. Yeah, Bringing in Tyler, they still like overpaid for guys, which is which is it's all pretty short term though. Yeah, no. that's what I. I think that here's what was a little just like annoying about the Lions free agency. It's like you can't like offer Uchenna Nuosu two years twenty two million. Yeah. Instead of giving Charles Harris two years fourteen. Right or or like yeah just just I obviously and. I'm I'm happy they just like brought in DJ Chark like one year ten mil like fine like it's not gonna yeah. team long term, so like I'm fine with those little moves. <coughs> Wish they maybe made one or two more. I, I, yeah, I, you can't offer two years nine million to Jalen Reeves Maven. Yeah, and he goes to the Texans for two years seven point five. Like yeah, you're really re-signing Tim Boyle and David Blau. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. There's just little things like that. I think to defend to defend Harris, because obviously I think Nwosu would be a much better move, and, and you're right to bring that up. But Get them both. Uh, Get them both. <laughs> no, totally. Totally. Yeah. You're right. But but that's obviously a guy that they have in-house and they're comfortable with. It's not They're not taking any real risk on it. And, you know, Charles Harris played well for the Lions last year, right? Like, he was a nice surprise. Yeah. So they're, they're rewarding him. They're giving him $7.5 million for two years, you know. Again, they're not breaking the bank. They have a bunch of cap space. You could have pulled a full Trent Baalke and, and tried to win free agency, and they're not doing that. And I think, you know, I brought it up uh, whenever, you know, a couple weeks ago when Brad Holmes said this is the player acquisition phase. Maybe I'm just over, overly sensitive to that, but I thought the Lions were going to go out and do what the Jaguars did. And the fact that they didn't do that, maybe I'm overcorrecting a bit, but that I was – I was, you know, that made me more confident in his process and what they're doing. So just wanted to bring that up. Um, I think Moffitt. We're taking Boye here? I'm taking Boye. Let's take Boye, man. Oh, man, Chattanooga just lost a heartbreaker to Illinois. Almost pulled off the upset. Had it, have it on mute over here to my right. I haven't watched. Shout out all the second of Mark Madness. You didn't watch any of the Loyola game? Oh, I was in the desert, man. Oh, yeah, you were. I would have. I would have. But, 
All right, let's – should we recap what we got here, Tommy? Yeah, let's recap it. Let's go by class. Okay, Lions got Kayvon Thibodeau and Boye Mafe. Like it, man. We're going yeah, in the trenches. That is solid, a solid, you know, A minus. B, B yeah. Plus. Yeah. Um, Texans, Evan Neal, Trayvon Walker. I like it, man. Solid, solid class. That's good. It would be bad if we didn't like it, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jets, Jets bringing in Icky Aquano and Jermaine Johnson. Uh, unfortunately, all those receivers went. So, you know, maybe, Tommy, you were, you were on to something. But I still think they're fine with, with Moore and, and, and Corey Davis. So, I think for both the Lions and the Jets, I would be targeting Pickens heavily at the top of the second round. Yeah. I'll say that. Cool. Um, Giants got Charles Cross and Ahmad Gardner. Mm. It's a nice little class there. Yeah. Raymond went right after, right? To the, he did. To the Panthers. So he, he did. Uh, four tackles go in the top six in, in this TDN mock simulation. Eagles, I think, you know, obviously getting three players is more of a plus, but getting McDuffie, Karloftis, and London, man. That's nice. That's a haul. That is a haul, man. Packers got Olave and Zion Johnson, so getting a nice little receiver depth. Um, Who's your favorite club? Favorite class? Yeah, favorite class. I mean, it's feel like it's cheating to say the Eagles because they got three guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what we did with the Packers is, is unbelievable, man. I, I think so, too. There's think, still more work to be done on yeah. day two. You need more receivers, but we talked about them adding a veteran receiver. Imagine they have, you know, for the playoffs, you're getting an OBJ and a Lave like that. You know, you're not going to be able to do what the Vikings did with Diggs and Jefferson probably, but I think, you know, getting a guy like Chris Olave in the building um, – We'll do wonders, I think, for, for Aaron Rodgers. Really, like I talked about a couple episodes ago, really really versatile, complete receiver, and has been producing at Ohio State since he was a freshman. So I, li- I really like what we did for the, for the uh, Packers.
excuse me. Bless you. <laughs>